Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, brand new I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast, the worldwide phenomenon is back. New Orleans Saints coach Sean Payton is with me on the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. I love this fucking guy. I love him. You know how I met him? I slid up into his DMs. He follows me. I follow him. Super Bowl champion. I told him, I said, listen, Sean Payton, you're a Super Bowl champion. I coached a... uh, Team of 11-year-olds to a flag football championship. We have that in common. Okay. Fantastic episode of the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast with New Orleans Saint coach Sean Payton coming up now. Let's go. Yo, I got to tell you about my bookie. Okay. Believe it or not, the holidays are just around the corner. And while that means plenty of parties, gifts, and spending, it also means there's lots of football, basketball, and hockey games, and you can score big on them every single day. Man up and play like the pros on game day. Go to MyBookie now, MyBookie.ag. You can play the money line, slide, or total. MyBookie is your hookup for all your betting needs, and they offer super fast payouts when you win. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. If you want to make money betting on the games, you got to go to mybookie.ag. They're the only site that I recommend. The only site. I trust them, but you don't have to take my word for it. Check it out yourself. They have odds on every matchup and a mobile site that makes wagering on your smartphone a breeze. It's easy. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit with up to 50% bonus. A 50% bonus. Use the promo code RAPAPORT, R-A-P-A-P-O-R-T, to activate your offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Visit mybookie.ag now. 
Coach? Hey, are you in New York? I'm in uh I'm in Los Angeles. Whereabouts? In uh in Hancock Park, like the Hollywood area. My daughter goes to school at Pepperdine. Oh, does she? And we're out there and versus oh, the Rams. I gotta come. I got I gotta, you gotta come. come. Yeah, absolutely. I've got a suite for that game. You know, bring somebody, I'll get you all squared away. I, I I get out there in the off season a couple times a year to see her. She's living in uh oh it's not in Malibu, it's uh Pacific Palisades? Between Hollywood where her boyfriend lives in Malibu, it's Santa Monica. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you do you like it in Los Angeles? Yeah, I like it out there. You know, I tell her like her mother went to Indiana State and I went to Eastern Illinois and our nine years of college tuition didn't add up to her first semester. No, it's crazy, right? Unbelievable. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, uh I, I don't know where she went to school, uh, but the, the amount of money I spent on private school when my kids, before my kids even made the high school uh, in Los Angeles is, is, is out of control. She loves it out there. She went to high school in Texas. She was getting ready to go to Oklahoma with her friends. And some professor at her high school said, have you heard of Pepperdine? And she started looking online and her mother and I were real skeptical. And then she's, it continued. I said, well, you're not picking a college online. So we flew <laughs> out there. It's actually a lot different than I thought the school. It's, there's only like 4,500 students and it's kind of granola. Yeah. No, no alcohol on campus. Uh, you know, now she doesn't live on campus, but I mean, it's beautiful. Everything looks at the ocean there. Yeah, it is. It's a beautiful campus. It, it's beautiful. And when you drive up there, you, oh my gosh, you, you know, you're in Los Angeles and, and uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's in Malibu. I mean, that's, yep. That's How long have you lived there? I've lived back and forth uh, here, but I came out here when I was 19 in 1989. Really? So, so I mean, I've always kept a place in New York, but I came out here, you know, to to start uh, uh, as an actor. Which at first I was a stand-up comedian. I didn't think about acting, and then and then I, uh, but I was only I was 19. I was I didn't know my wow. ass from my elbow. That's unbelievable. Megan, my daughter, is dating Adam Sandler's. Uh, brother-in-law. Oh, so so his wife's brother. His wife's brother is Chris. I who got does you. Some comedy. Chris writes for Happy Madison. Got writes you. for his Netflix movies and stuff. And so uh, they've been going out a year and a half or so. And I, in fact, I think Adam might even be going to the game. Um, but he's like you, transplanted New Yorker. Yeah, I was just in New York for a month. I mean, I, I get I get to go back enough, uh, you know, and, and a little bit of both is good for me because. Uh, the um, the weather in December and January, I don't I don't miss that at no. all. So so when you go when you're flying uh, away when you have an away game, when do you usually fly? We always go, except for the West Coast trips. We always go. We have a walk through Saturday, shower, wheels up at one o'clock, probably land at four thirty in, in the city we're going to. You know there'll be oh a mass and a, a service. And then there'll be dinner on their own. And then team meetings are always 830. Uh, then we have a snack. And we always fly home after the game. The you same, know, in other words. Right after the game. Yeah. You, game ends, shower. There'll be some, some food at the stadium, to the buses, to the airport. And there's some exceptions to that now that they're, we're doing these sleep studies. But when we go west to L.A., for instance, we'll leave after Friday's p.m. practice. We'll leave it like. 6 p.m., 7 p.m., wheels up, and get in there 
you know, let's call it 9.30 at night, have a snack. We'll go to the stadium. So the only time we go on Friday nights is when we go to Seattle or L.A. or Arizona. And then uh, and we'll come back after the game. Now, they, Mickey told me or GM said that they, they're thinking of flexing that Ram-Saints game to Sunday night football. Right. Which which is all good, and yet the downside of that would mean, all right, we play. It means we get back at 6 a.m. or 5 a.m., mm on Monday as opposed to getting back at like, you know, 2 a.m. or whatever. So, And the fact that you're even coming on my podcast w- during an on week was crazy to me. Like, what is I'm, – I'm so fascinated by athletes uh, and, and, you know, and, and professional sports time management. Like, Here's the seven-day NFL. This should be very – this is for the player now. G- give, me the, give me the real deal. Give it to me. This is the player. Game on Sunday. All right. If you said, when do they have dinner and drinks, what have you, Sunday night. Monday is usually in film film review, recovery. You know, these guys, whatever they're doing to recover, treatment, um, put the game to bed. What time, though? Just, what time, though, Monday? Like, well, so- we, would, we would go – we have two Monday schedules. If I give them a victory Monday, that means they, can, they have to come in. They all have to come in at 830 for treatment if they're injured. But if I give them a victory Monday like this past Monday, they have to come in and watch the tape as a position group and get their lift and run in all right, on their schedule. If I don't give them a victory Monday, 8.30 treatment, they're all here by 10. Then we have meetings in the a.m. The defense is lifting weights. The offense is watching the game tape. And then we'll flip. Then the, then the offense is in the weight room and the defense is watching the game tape. And they'll have media at 12 30, 1 o'clock. And, and by the afternoon, they'll be they'll be done. What do you base a victory Monday on other than a well, victory? Well, I just feel every, you know, all of a sudden, you know, we felt like we won against the Bears, and yet there was a ton of stuff that I just was pissed off about. Uh-huh. And so, you know, that that little momentum will start creeping. You come in the locker room after a big win, you'll start hearing them, and, and right away I'm like, stop, we're not, you know, this is what we're fucking doing. <laughs> and but now last week we did a lot of things well. And so it, it, I think we have a young team. And, yep. it, and so I get Parcells used to say this all the time. Now, there are a lot of mistakes hidden in victories that you got to make sure you address. Mm-hmm. The, the one thing a victory Monday does for the coach, though, is you come in, you grade the tape, you can leave the grades in the meeting rooms, you know, corrections, but you can get on to your opponent a little quicker. Um, so the coaches. You know, the a.m. on Monday with the players, et cetera. By 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, we're done with the game. At 3, we're meeting with pro department, and they're giving us the pro report on the team we're getting ready to play. That Got happens you. at 3 o'clock defense, 3.30 offense, 3.50 special teams. And then we'll work on Mondays till 10 or 11 on, on just video. Tuesdays, the players are off. Like, that. you know, now they'll come in and watch tape or get treatment, but they – there's nothing mandatory Tuesday. They do what they want to do. Um, you know, some of them will go to school. I mean, each guy's different. You know, Breeze will be in here Tuesday morning till freaking like 5 p.m. Watching you know, tape. Yeah, he has. Yeah, absolutely. We'll meet on Tuesday as coaches from morning till freaking midnight. Um, on the first and second down base game plan is what we're working on. Just first and second down. Oh, okay. Defense and offense, first and second down. And then when Wednesday comes in the morning, we meet in the morning, 
we give them that game plan first and second down, and then we go practice it in the afternoon. We'll watch the tape after practice with the players. Like coaches, right? Watch the tape of the practice? Of the practice. Uh Uh-huh. So we put it to bed. That's what we just came off the practice field 20 minutes ago. And our special teams, now the players got a little time here where they're going to eat lunch. They're going to lift. And at three o'clock our time here in an hour, special teams will have 15 minutes just to go through real quick. Here's here's what we saw in practice. And then at 3.15 to 4, you know, 45 minutes, we're going to put to bed the practice. Mm. And then probably even longer than that, 4.30, because then I meet as a staff at 5 o'clock and go through the practice and then go through the next day. So, you know, we finish Wednesday base. Then we meet on the practice at five. We meet on the injury report, who the actives are. You know, you have 53, but only, you know, seven are going to be inactive. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as that meeting's over with, we do third down on Wednesday night. Now, last night, you know, we finished it probably 1 a.m., you know, all on third down. We, you know, we just, yeah, we'll look at third and two to three. That'll take us about an hour. Then third and four to six, third and seven to 10, and then third and 11 plus. Jesus. On the call sheet, there's those categories, and there's probably five plays in each category. So that'll be Wednesday night. And then in the morning, Thursday comes, we give them the third down plan, and we just finished practicing today. Today was Thursday. We just did third down. Crowd noise, we're on the road. You know, if we're at home, we got crowd noise for the defense. Uh. So Thursdays are third down. Tomorrow, now tonight, I'll have a staff meeting at 5 o'clock. We'll meet on practice, and then we'll outline tomorrow. Tomorrow's goal line, short yardage, and red zone. And so tonight we'll go to 2 a.m., 1.30. I mean, tonight will be late. How are you? I just can't. I can't believe that you're you're talking to me because I'm exhausted just listening to that week. <laughs> like, how are you able to sort of breathe? Like, how well, are you able to decompress? You get in a routine. It's a good question. We built like we have a sleep room here in the facility with like ten bunks. It's sixty five degrees, curtains. You know, so anybody who drives, you know, if you drive a half an hour, you, you, for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night, you, you'd, you'd sleep in the sleep room. And is that coaches, players, whoever wants to? Just co- it's coaches. The players aren't here that late. You know, the, the players, they're, they're not here that late. The coaches are here planning. Burning candles, we call it. Oh. I got all these freaking, uh, what are they called here? These freaking Yankee candles. All right. I'm burning sun and sand today. That's oh. the candle of the week. How's that smell? It's all right. I don't like the strong ones. Yeah. I like the, like, white cotton I had last week. That I was like good. it. We got it. We got to bring white cotton back. Yeah, and I, I don't like any of the smells that are that, that smell like food. I don't like like chocolate. No, no, no. Don't give me a fucking pumpkin or any of that. <laughs> like I got this winter wreath here, but it's too early. No, you got to be uh, in the I, Christmas spirit for that. Right. So tonight's goal line short yardage red zone, and tomorrow then practice is goal line short yardage red zone. So there's three units to the week. It's base on Wednesday. It's nickel third down on Thursday, and then it's red zone, goal line short yardage on Friday, and then special situations on Friday. Practice ends Friday now. Coaches, you know, are wrapping things up. Players, I don't have a staff meeting. You know, that would be the night you're having dinner with the family or doing your thing. I fly to Dallas every Friday to see my son. He's playing high school football. Wow. 
So you so fly you there. fly to Dallas to go see your son, and then when do you fly back? That evening. I'll fly over, land in Denton. I'll see his game. We'll go grab a burger or something, and then I'll turn around and fly right back. That is cool, man. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, so that's, that's cool. what we do on Fridays. And th- that's part of your schedule. That's my schedule. I'll, I'll be wheels up usually 4 o'clock on every Friday. Uh, and he's a junior in high school. He's playing outside linebacker. And so then he was just here this past weekend. In other words, I saw his game Friday, and then he came back with me, and he was at the game. Um, so then Saturday comes now you're, you're doing just walkthrough review and more meetings. You're, you're on, you're out on the field for a half an hour, 40 minutes, and then shower to the airport or shower, you know, home and then to the hotel that night. If you're home now, so what do we got to bring our bags to the walkthrough? Like, what are we doing here? You brought them, you brought them to the facility. You brought your bag and guys will shower then. You know, we travel differently than a lot of teams. We travel in warm-ups. Okay. Yeah, that's nice. I think that's compassionate. Listen, I guess it's a profession and we don't want to, you know, but like when I see these guys come off the planes in suits, I'm like, I could never, ever fly even a half an hour in a suit. I hate the suit. I hate it. I hate dress shoes when you're flying. I hate dress shoes, period. I mean, how many yeah. times a year do you... I haven't worn a pair of dress shoes. I just did a whole bunch of press, premieres, fancy pants, red carpet this. I wear my New Balance sneakers. I don't care where it is. My wife yeah. is humiliated. I said, sweetheart, listen, I need to be comfortable. I don't care where I am. I don't care Absolutely. where I am. So we have, oh, gray sweats, saint sweats. We're switching to black sweats this weekend. We'll have travel sweats. Wear the tennis shoes you want. All right, no flip-flops. I just, you know, tennis shoes, sweats. If you want to wear a suit, knock yourself out. Go ahead. But that's what, so we, we travel in sweats. And and who makes that decision? You say we, you, that's your thing? Yep. Uh, they, yep. I mean, a 350-pound lineman shouldn't be wearing a suit anyway. I don't care what the hell no. the job requirement is. Here's the thing, too. We had a nutritionist come in, and we did some studies on this recovery gear. When you start flying like we're flying, and there's some, you know, this recovery gear that they that you put on. You know, it's kind of this tight fitting. It helps your blood circulation. You know, you don't get the, the when you're flying. And so if guys are going to wear recovery gear, they're not going to wear it with dress clothes. And so the recovery gear they can wear um, underneath their sweats. Um, but I, I agree in, in – so we'll fly then. So the, the walkthrough finishes and they'll have an hour and a half before they got to be at the airport and they go to the FBO, you know, not at the main terminal. There's an area where they do a little security check. They get on the plane and then uh, we head out. Now, when you're watching your, your son play, obviously you're focused on your son. Yeah. But if, if you see, and obviously you're not a crazy parent, you're, you have it in check. No, but if- I, I would be very quiet. Watch from afar. Right. But when you're having a burger, it's your son. Now, I coached my son. I'm Michael Rapport. You're a Super Bowl champion. Now, when I see a kid who can't go left playing basketball, or I see a a guy who's, you know, they're they're blitzing, are you telling your son, hey, number 56, he's this, that? You give him a little tips? Yes. You got to. Yeah. Interestingly enough, in 12, 2012, when I was suspended. Yes. All right. I went back to Dallas and he was in sixth grade and the head coach I knew, I said, look, I just want to be the offensive coordinator. <laughs> he said, all right. 
I said, that's all I want. I went to Kinko's, put together an offense. All right. Had each kid got a playbook. There were 14 plays. Basic. Basic. But we, we when you're in sixth grade, you got to find a halfback. All right. The forward pass is like an adventure. So It's an adventure. We found one, though. This kid was playing right tackle. You know, and then that, it's that age where you're like, who are the halfbacks? And Connor's like, well, Adam's the halfback. And I said, well, who says? Right. You know? What about Andre? Is it Andre's a right tackle? I said, well, let's give Andre. I'm telling you, Mike, right now, Andre's a junior getting recruited by everyone. Wow. We ran Andre till his tongue fell out. He, but this is, this is one of these yuppie schools in Dallas, uh-huh. you know, but it's a kind of a, a, a good small Christian school. Witten's kids go there and mm-hmm. Demarcus Ware's kids went there and they were younger. And so, but this team hadn't won a lot of games, you know, it's a sixth grade team and we get going here and we start winning. And when you go up 30 points on the sixth grade level, they shut the scoreboard off. Mm -hmm. And week one, we shut it off. Week two, we shut it off. Week three, now they're drinking the Kool-Aid. We're 4-0. They won three games in any of their best seasons past. Mm -hmm. Week four, we go to this town in Springtown. It's out in the country, all right? So you got to want to find Springtown and these kids were, were huge country kids. And this mm-hmm. coach was this single wing aficionado. This coach was six, seven mm-hmm. and, and, and he, I read all these things about him. Now, look, it's sixth grade is sixth grade, but I do have DVDs of these games and I'm, you know, I, my days would be empty. So I'd look at the DVDs. We practice two. Yeah. We practice Tuesday, Thursday. There's always this one kid that that's, that's shaven at that age that can ruin your day. Right. Besides, we got to figure out how to block him. And we go to Springtown, and I'm telling you, we get waxed. At, at, at the at Midway in the second quarter, the scoreboard shut off on us. Oh. We're leaving. My son says to me, he said, Dad, we're overrated. <laughs> I said to him, well, number one, I said, this isn't the BCS. There's no ratings. All right. Right? We're going to go to the playoffs based on our wins and losses. No one's rating us. So let's take a drive. And we drove around the spring town and these kids don't have anything, you know, it's country. And mm. I said, these kids are winning this game. Connor, they're going home and they're having a hot dog and they were wearing their brother's shoes. If you didn't notice. Right. And so when we come driving up in the escalates, mm-hmm. there's a little resentment you follow. Yep. And, and so we go on, we continue winning, winning true story. Now, sixth grade, we go to the playoffs, win our first game, win our second game, championship super bowl who do we play springtown ah and this michael i can't find the ball yet in this 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 honest to god is my witness is a true story i got the dvds of this offense the single mm-hmm. wing tight splits you don't i mean misdirection guard pulls halfback guys are moving everywhere and i'm showing that looking at the tape looking at the tape i call up parcells are you serious said, swear to god bill what do you know about the single wing he said, you need penetration. And I said, Bill, they're in tight splits. And he he spent an hour with me on this on this offense. All right? Because I was unfamiliar with it. That is hilarious. So what did Parcells right. come up with? Penetration. You got to hit the gaps. You got to penetrate this single wing with the puller. In other words, we got a goal line front now. Because all they do is run handoffs. Uh-huh. And then you have to have assignment. Like I've got the hat back always because you don't know like, the misdirection's amazing. And then when this guard pulls, you know, parents are always saying contain, contain. You have to with with that 
that defensive end, when the guard, you have to freaking spill. You mm. have to cut his knees and make the ball go outside, not inside. Uh-huh. So, man, we practice Tuesday. I grab, grab these kids and I give them this whole thing about Springtown and, and, you know, we got our nose rubbed in it. You know, we had tears, kids tapping out. I said, I don't, I don't care what the score is in this game. We're not tapping out though. And, and then we did it Thursday. We had a practice. Now we don't win this game. All right. The ending would have been too good, but at halftime, it's 21, 18. All right. I'm getting texts from Parcells. How are we doing? This is <laughs> so right? funny. And, uh, the game ends is the coolest thing. We lose this game. 38 to 27, 38 to 21. They, they, they distanced themselves in the second half. Both teams are in the end zone, getting the trophies champ. The helmets come off and the kids are eating hot dogs. And it was like the kids realized the other kids were normal, you know, but like for, for fricking a month, they were like the Soviet union mm -hmm. and it's kind of cool, you know, and, and it was, you know, their coach was fantastic. It was great. You know, everything, I mean, all about the kids and, you know, we introduced each kid and it was, listen, it was, it was, a, uh, it was an amazing year. It sounds like it. Dude, it was how, unbelievable. How did Parcells wind up taking the loss and did he point blame at you and listen, want to get you replaced? He, 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 he was, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> I said, well, but he, listen, he was very helpful. He was very helpful. I still haven't found the ball. They were still moving around the ball. Oh my gosh. This ball goes to the halfback who. Who, who, and every once in a while, it goes right to the up back, but the halfback acts like he gets it, fakes it to the wing back, and the up back goes the. I mean, it's amazing to watch, really. And this coach, listen, he was on top of it. He knew this offense, Cole. It sounds like it. You, you, oh, you know, my gosh. You, you're a Super Bowl winning coach. I happen to uh, be the defensive coordinator for my son's 11 and oh, under uh, flag football team. We won the championship the year. Um, I only got thrown out of one game, uh, but <laughs> we, we, we were a great team. I mean, I just, for you, because you're a professional coach, like you you were just as emotionally involved, but you have to deal with, because you're dealing with sixth graders, you were you just as emotionally involved, correct? There's no question. And here's the thing, though. We're teachers. We're teachers. In other words, there's some things that are extremely different, and yet I still have to capture Paulie's attention. He's right. over there with the dandelions. Come here, Paulie. I got a reverse for you. You have to captivate, motivate. Right. You've got to make them laugh. You got to you got you got to instill confidence. They had that. Like man, like we got the best stuff going. Right. Trust me, we got the best stuff going. Watch the officials come over and take a picture with me. You think we're not going to get the calls today? <laughs> you know that kind of thing. Right. And and uh, but it listen. It was so. What's what's interesting for me now? These Friday nights, these kids are all juniors. Mm -hmm. There's like seven of them starting. And you've seen Andre, Connor. I mean, they're all. I'm watching them after the game. I'm up talking to them, you know, Hey, what are you doing? wearing the sleeves. You're going to fumble a ball with the sleeves on, get uh, them off. You know, they all want to wear the basketball shooting sleeves, but right. the football slides right through it. Right. You know, that kind of stuff. And, but, it, but you are vested though. There's nothing like being vested in like what you're talking about. I totally agree. I mean, and as long as you're doing it in a healthy way, because yes. for sports to me, you know, it's, it's like we all, the majority, a 99.9% .9 of us learn sports, when we're kids. And and I think that the reason why crazy people like myself remain fans and Boston Red Sox fans cry tears of joy and you saw your Saints fans when you guys got over the hump is because it, it's like Pavlo's theory. You you revert back to being a kid. You know, no like question. whether it's kickball, football, ping pong, it's that same thrill of victory, agony of defeat that you had when you're a kid. No question.
No question. Hey, Breeze is doing what you're doing. Breeze's kids are now that age. He started a flag league here, co-ed flag league, different age groups. And he'll come in on a Thursday. I'm like, what is wrong? And he's got a he's got two teams he's coaching. One of them lost one Thursday. And it was like the freaking world ended. And and I'm like, hey, if my kid's playing for you, are they all are, what's the mission statement? Are they all playing? Is it well, we're playing to win, but I'm gonna get everyone playing time. You know, in other words, what's the goal? Yeah, I got it. And he's so tied into this now, I'm telling you. Does he want to win? Ba- yeah, he wants to win. He wants to teach them that. Now they're all gonna play, but you know, they might I think not the key all play is the outlining amount, it at the coach. beginning. Listen, uh-huh. they're all going to play, but may, you know, at the end of the game, if we're trying we, to win. We got to win. And listen, I'm yeah. sure Breeze just pass this along to him. Okay, I'm sure he can't do his pregame speeches the same way he does because his kids are playing. It. <laughs> but if he wants me to do something, I have a way with kids. I work PG 13 pro bono. Okay, I'll get these kids ready to run through brick walls. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. Now, but he, go ahead. we share these stories though. The same stories you're discussing now when you, you know, in flag. And at one point it was his son. He had Adrian Peterson's son. I like, oh, he, I said, funny. it's your league. It sounds like you loaded it. He, and he was a little concerned because when AP went to Arizona, uh-huh. he didn't know how long he was going to have a son for. So get this, the family moved, but the son's coming back for the playoffs. That's crazy. <laughs> like he wants to win those games. Yes. Yes. And. I think it's good stuff. And, uh, I mean, some of my memories that early year in, in, uh, in 12, when, you know, Connor was chunky at that time, he's a linebacker and a tight end now, but he, he had to play center and he didn't want to play center. And I pick him up, you know, and I just gone through the divorce and mm-hmm. pick him up in the car on Tuesdays. Like, you know, I'm thinking about not playing if I'm going to be a center. And I'm like, well, listen, I think you're going to play center and tight end, but yet we need you to start at center. Mm-hmm. But if you're not going to play, I need to know, you know, fairly soon so I can come up with my contingency plan. And mm-hmm. he was just like, looked at me like it wasn't the answer he was expecting. Right. And, uh, and then sure enough, it progressed to where, it, look, it was, it was a great, it was an amazing year. And, uh, and so when I watched their high school games, like last weekend, we were on the road and we were at Bishop, Bishop Dunn. You know, it's on the other side of Dallas, and it's one of those high schools that only has one set of bleachers. So you're kind of half of the audience is on the right, mm-hmm. and then because normally the the opponents are like a faceless fan, you don't see them really; they're right. just on the other side. But now you're hearing them yelling, and you're you know, and now you're kind of like, and they won a close game. Our, uh, Liberty did, and I'm telling you what, it was like I don't need to feel like this twice a week, right? It, it's, but it was it's it too was much. magnificent. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I think at a certain point, like, I was having more fun than my kids. Yeah. And, and, but look, the children see the passion in the parent mm-hmm. and that's contagious. I mean, that's a big thing. Like you don't even, you know, just your level of interest in regards to something they're doing. Cause it is a big thing. Yeah, I agree. That's a big thing. Dad cares. Look I, at, I, I, mean, I agree. It, it's amazing. Just that time. Cause I mean, Holy cow. And then, you you know, at that age, Connor was, was, you know, sixth grade. It was like, well, this is how I grip a ball. And I'm like, this is the year later. And, you know, and I said, well, why don't you try it? Well, this is what the coach, I said, all right, I don't want to do what the coach says. And man, when he got to about sophomore in high school now, like he leans on every word, like they had him rushing field goals. I said, Connor, you want to block a field goal every game? 
you want to block one every game, I'll teach you. Mm-hmm. I'm watching the protections. Will you get in a sprinter stance and just perif the brown dot and just perif it? Don't look in there with your whole head. Just perif the brown. And when it leaves, just scrape paint and be low, you know, and all of a sudden, boom, boom, there's a block. There's uh, just these little things. The tricks of the trade. They're going to the playoffs now. They play one more game tomorrow night and then they're going to the playoffs and they got a good defense. They got a defensive end. <laughs> From, from Africa named Israel. He came over for basketball, AAU. Mm-hmm. All right. And he plays, he's a fantastic hoops player. He's 6'5, 6'6, mm. Michael, 6'6, 238. Jesus. I would sign him to my practice squad today. Wow. Long, getting recruited by everyone. He travels to the field. So, you know, in high school, the hash marks are wide. So he's the field end. And Connor is the field outside linebacker. Uh-huh. And so all of Israel's disruption, fall, Connor's had four interceptions, oh. you know, two fumbles. for. So just make sure you're buying his Whataburger. I got you. Because everybody's paying attention to Israel. Listen, he's getting recruited by everyone. When you see talent, whether it's this kid or, or a recruit, when you see them play, how quick do you know if they have it? Let's talk – NFL level like if you watch a quarterback or I imagine that's where your eye goes first although you watch the whole field but but you you know you used to play quarterback how yep. quick are you able to say this guy's going to be a pro this guy's not going to be a pro like in seriously listen it's a challenge I think let's assume we're watching their college value you know tape games etc I think the first thing that you've got to envision is and we're going to get on a plane and everyone's going to go right. And the quarterback is going to go left mm-hmm. and fly the plane. And so he, t- in today's game, I believe their personalities can vary. Mm-hmm. Their sizes can vary, mm-hmm. but man, there's gotta be a CEO element. They've got to, they've got to have some of these intangible things, work, toughness, decision-making accurate. I mean, there, there's a skill set, and yet, when we, when we get to these him or him, you know, this was back with lead for Manning, you know, which one do you envision running the company? Mm-hmm. You know, I, and, and when you start looking at these guys that you would say are all, man, they got their guy, whether it's Russell Wilson to, uh, to golf, to mm-hmm. Carson Wentz, to breeze, Bra- whoever you're talking about, you envision those guys as being, Outside the, the the physical arm strength and right. and and I think that's important. That's the thing that you can't teach, really, sort of. Yeah, and and their personalities vary. History's told us that they've been soft spoken, they've been loud, they've been, you know, Deshaun Watson. So the personalities vary, and yet you can envision them in front of a mic. It's the de- the attention to detail for those guys it's it's unbelievable the, the NFL if you're an NFL quarterback it doesn't matter if you're New Orleans Oakland or New York but it, it, it the fact that you're a quarterback it's like forget the skill the talent and all that stuff then you also have to be like almost like skilled as like a press agent dealing with the press being yeah, calm with just, the, like that's like a whole other thing right yeah that you've got to have all those traits you know how are you going to handle losing two in a row and how are you going to handle being down seven and you know all those things that come up you know there's a mental toughness but you have to you have to process quickly i think that if you said what's the one thing that where people where we've all missed it'd be like man i wish you just process quicker 
in a nutshell, because I, I listen, I'm I'm a senior fantasy football analyst. You may or may not know this. I'm a champion. Okay. But I, I saw I, your roster. My roster's strong. I just got Kamara, which which leads me to something. Listen, you, you got to do what's best for the Saints, but I just got <laughs> Kamara involved. Uh, you know, I just got him in a trade in my Barstool Fantasy League. Any extra dump offs, I'm just saying, you got to do what's best for the big picture. I am just saying, though, Kamara, I, I love him. He's doing his thing. I'm not, I don't want any kind of collusion or weird stuff. But I need I to keep you. winning. I got you. Well, what is your take on fantasy? Like, I mean, I imagine when, when you were a kid and, and you came in the NFL, it may not have even existed. Obviously, well, it has nothing to do with your life. Here's what I remember. Look, it used to be now, it used to be you caught the highlights of the weekend at halftime Monday Night Football. Howard Cosell. And you waited, and this was my deal, my parents, you go to sleep after halftime highlights, school night. If you want to stay up for the whole game, you have to do your homework, take a nap before the game. And you so, you know, depending on the game. But after the halftime highlights, Howard Cosell. The best. That, that was, and that later became like ESPN, you know, boom, hit. You'd get the weekends. Here, here it was, and it gradually has changed. And so everyone, but look, they used to talk about, well, you would remember if Frickin' Irv Cross and those guys, Jimmy the Greek, could talk about the line. Right. I'd go with the under. I'd take the, I'd take the seven. Right. And fantasy came, and that just kind of, not that it doesn't still exist, but it went away. And now it's this sit them, play them. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you what, it's unbelievable. It's crazy, right? It's like a whole. I like it though. I, I like it because I think it's healthy. I agree. I think I think it's healthy for the fan. You know, they, it's like the college tournament. You know, the pairings, parties, the the you know the fantasy. The you know we're gonna, this is our draft. Yeah, that's it, right. It's it's outstanding. You and, know, and, and and I think it's good. I, and I don't know if you know this also, but I am the patent holder of not just the mock draft. I am the patent holder of the duress fantasy football mock draft so you don't just do the draft you do it under duress you see <laughs> okay i'm the patent holder of that and you know like it's it, the paperwork has been filed but like anybody could do a draft fine but when a real draft happens things you know electricity uh, uh dogs, anything you have There's to prepare stress. for that that's outstanding my son when he was we were at the beach the one summer and he, i'm gonna say he was 10 or 11 and a couple of older kids from Oklahoma city invited him into their first, you know, their fantasy. And so this, he, he, these kids were three years old or four years older. And, and he had the computer out and he, I just remember him just talking about this is, this is more stress than I need. And, and I told him, you know, he asked me about a few guys and I said, look, <laughs> this is the Oh nine season. We had this running back by the name of Mike Bell, who I knew was going to be kind of the goal line runner. And I just said, look, late rounds, you know, how many rounds do you go? And he gets, I said, just throw it. No one's going to take them. Take them in the last round. Mm. He selects them. That was in August, this fantasy draft. All right. A week and a half later, we're playing the Texans, which is where we acquired him from. He was a free agent. In a preseason game, Mike Bell has 148 yards. And the kids in Oklahoma City were like just up in arms. Insider, you know, the whole – and. And Mike Bell went on to have a solid year because he was the, you know, that 09 team. He was kind of the, he was the goal line back. Mm -hmm. You know, you get down in close and, but Connor 
plays it, you know, my brother. I mean, I think one of the challenges for today's NFL player is the social media. Hey, what's up, dude? You only got me. You know, right. it, it pulls at your fabric. Right. You know, we win a game and, and let's, you know, that's where you're coaching and working with them. Hey, let's, let's care. You know, let's, but they are, they're, they're very much aware of what their number was. Well, if, if they really knew how crazy and, and idiotic the whole thing is, and didn't take it personally because because if I was an NFL player, it'd be the last thing I was thinking of because I know me being a senior fantasy football analyst, and I am coach. I have uh, the listen, paperwork. I took I the dissertation. Your, I saw your draft lineup. I what it was. I saw it. It's yeah. It's like I'm not playing games here. But if they knew how crazy the people were playing fantasy football, they should pay none of us any mind because we're all out of our mind. It it makes it truly is going back to the fourth grade. I don't care what any of these people say, and and that's the thing I think why it's so addictive. Uh, um, I think it's been a great shot in the arm for the league because it's taken the attention away from the gaming. You know, in other words, and I know uh, the DraftKings and all. I, I like it all. I like it all. Put your roster together each week. Well, that's a that's a weekly do over. Yes, yes. You know, and it's truly fantasy, and there's no feelings in fantasy. I don't care if my no. mom is playing. I don't care if my my son, kids. No, you tied for production. I love it. Take them down. All right, let me ask you a couple of quick questions about New Orleans. No disrespect to Cafe Du Monde. It's an institution. Where can I get the best beignets in New Orleans, Coach? You got to know. Okay, because well, Dumont is the thing, fun. though. Honestly, what? there'll be a few restaurants that will have a beignet dessert with the dippings. I like the ones with the dipping sauce. Right. But the the king cake and the beignet would be, I would say, two overrated food items down here. I agree. I agree. That's very honest, very bold. I hope that there's no blowback from that. No, but there's some underrated. You know, when you get into the barbecue shrimp mm-hmm. or some of the poor boys you're getting with the roast beef and the and the you know the there's a, there's a ton of underrated. There's a ton of it's the best place in the world to eat. But the king cakes. You know, it's now, I mean, the cream cheese king cakes, it's, mm. it's, it's really more seasonal because you know, it's Mardi Gras, but, mm-hmm. uh, but the beignet is if, if you're in, if you're in Ohio at Cedar point, it's an elephant ear. If you're in Illinois, it's a funnel cake. The coffee now with the, the put a little chicory in it. Yep. Everything's got a little something more seasoning wise. How do you stay thin down there? Cause I've been down in New Orleans, you know, short spurts and I walk out of there feeling like, Ashamed of myself, the, the amount of food that I, I, I intake. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, fried this. Yeah. I mean, do you like gator, gator soup? Like, what are you into? I'm kind of more Midwestern beef, um, some, maybe some fish, but I'm I'm not the turtle soup or mm. the gator, all that, that extra stuff. And I've been here 12 years, but um, we used to have a chef come in on Thursday nights for the team, you know, and, and we'd have all these the chefs are, are big down here and I can't recall the chef he was in. He had his turtle soup and we're going through the lunch line. We're grabbing it. And he's like, coach, you got to try this soup. And he hands it to me. Like you got to try it. And so it's on my platter and I kind of go through the line and I sit down in the cafeteria and I'm, I'm, I'm looking up and I look at him and he's making eye contact with me and I'm trying to figure out when I'm going to ditch this soup. Mm. Right. Or how I'm going to, cause he's watching me. Yeah. And so I would be more, there's tons of great food that I probably don't, don't eat here. Well, you're and not yet, into the exotic meats. Like, so did you try the turtle soup? No, I didn't. 
Did you tell the guy, listen, get off my back. Stop making eye contact nope. with me. You're making me uncomfortable. <laughs> we, I had someone distract him. Um, <laughs> but the but the bread, the French bread, and the sauces, and the, the restaurants. It, the other thing is the, the service. You know, you'll be at a table with, regardless of where you're at, but everything's brought to you like, bam. So all seven people or five people, it, it, it arrives at the same time. I mean, there's a couple things. This city entertains, feeds you, and houses you better than anyone in the world. I agree. Um, two more two more football questions. You, you could even not do current guys because I noticed when I talked to you guys, pro people, they don't like to sort of acknowledge the, the, the present because you might have to scheme against them, uh, uh, play against them. Throughout your career as a coach, who can you remember while you're playing against them, not even one of your guys, that just their talent, their skill took your breath away, that you saw that you were like, you stopped being a coach for just a blink where you're like, holy shit, this guy's special. Well, Falk was that guy. Mm. All right. Julio does some things. When you see Julio, like, field level, I mean, it's his size and, and athleticism is is amazing. Um, and then I would say, no, oh, I had – there was another player I did, just on the tip of my tongue. Steve Smith was someone at Carolina. That mm. Steve would would beat your corner and then talk smack to you on the way back to the huddle, like, <laughs> and you were just like now angry, and he was in, in beat. You know, he was very competitive, and and um, but Falk was someone that jumped off the screen that you just felt it differently. Um, that's a good question, though, and I'm 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 sure. Look, the year we played in New York, the Randy Moss right. was 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 that guy that you just if they throw him just a one step smoke route, you were nervous. He was that good. Yes, indeed. Most yes, impact indeed. what about defensive guy that you were like, this guy's a defensive beast. guy. Look, I we I spent a long time in the NFC East with the Eagles two years, Giants four years, Cowboys three years. Daryl Green was mm. was towards the end of his career. Champ Bailey, mm. those were those were some corners that that stood out. Um, I would say, uh, oh shoot, there's been a slew of great pass rushers. Um, Freeney, look, we played Dallas in 09, and Demarcus Ware wasn't going to play. And then at the very end of the week, he's questionable. And I'll never forget this mistake. And man, he plays in the game, and we really didn't spend enough time in preparation for you know, with the chips or nudges and he had a sack fumble three sack. I mean, disrupted the game. And then later that year in the super bowl, there was the same question about how much Freeney was going to play, but Freeney was one of those guys that one of those special ends. DeMarcus was one, uh, that, that could just change the game. And, and it, I came to the league after Lawrence Taylor, mm-hmm. but I know he was that guy, yeah, you know, he was where, a freak. I mean, he was, yeah, it was, it was crazy, and also this was before social media and where you could watch everything over and over. So when you saw it, yeah. you knew you probably never would see it again or you may be yeah. catching on the news with Warner Wolf. Absolutely. And it was just etched into your soul. like I'm, like It's like seeing a flying comet. My final question, in basic terms, because I think everybody thinks they know football. I know what I know, and I'm very clear on what I don't know. In basic terms... 
Offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, you're the head coach. How does everything get deliberated? Well, deliberated in in regards to... Just in regards to, like, you know, we're going to run this set offensively. We're going to do so these things. So situationally, there's, there's a lot. There's a philosophy you have first on defense in regards to, are we going to be an even front or not front? Are we going to play more zone with our eyes to the ball? Or are we going to play more man? All right. How much pressure? That varies throughout the league. And then very quickly each week then, it's about the team you're playing what you got to stop, what they do well, who you got to stop. It's still a, you know, it's still a, a matchup game. In other words, let's not let the best player beat us. And within the framework of your scheme, so it's not changing every week, but there's tweaks. There's mm-hmm. things that, that you might do. And then when you, when you want to play the run, you know, you get a too high shell. You're, you're giving a little bit more attention to the passing game. You get a single safety, a little bit more attention to the run game. Um, you know, you get some run pressures where you're actually trying to, you know, blitz a linebacker to, to you know, to take a gap, if you will, and, and support the run and, and maybe a five-man rush. Offensively, you're kind of looking at that. You have your offense that you believe in. You know, whether it's three receivers, two backs, pretty much, you know, everyone's got a variation. Some teams are less two backs. And then it's situate, you know, it's your early downs. It's your Wednesday night, third down. It's your, and and then it's your people. That's got to evolve to fit, you know, what are the best things our players do? If there was one thing, it's like, let's, let's ask them to do the things that they do best. Right. You can't just stuff them into a system. You got to say these are our ingredients. This is what we're going to have for this, dinner. This is what we have here. Is what that's right. And I think that look, Bill uh, Belichick's done that better than anyone. You know, over time, and he's and so I, I think that look, that's I get back to what we do. We we're teachers, right? All right, Coach. Listen, I can't believe you took the time to talk to me. I'm so honored, thrilled. I'm such a fan. I love your awesome. team. I'm going to text you before the LA game. Absolutely, absolutely. Good luck. Bring this your week. son, whoever you want to bring. Let's do it. Let's do. It. We'll get some turtle soup and with some some gator <laughs> flakes and all that stuff. And, and good luck this weekend. And I, I, this was such an honor to talk to you. It's a great conversation. Good stuff, Mike. Thank you, Coach. All right, we'll see you. All right, bye. All right I want to thank Sean Payton. For joining me on the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast, a pleasure and an honor. It means so much to me. I know the fans are going to love it. Thank you so much. Who dat? Who dat? Who do dat? That, that. Go Saints. See you in Los Angeles. Let's go.